Lord, 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, we do have the victory. Let us take a moment now to turn to our God in a moment of prayer as we prepare to receive a word from our Lord. Mighty God, we're grateful that you are God alone. And Father, we ask you to speak now for your servants are listening. God is Lord into your presence that we might see, that we might better know you, and that we better understand how to live according to your will. Guide us, Lord, as we open up our hearts to your word. Speak now. For your servants are listening, we pray. Amen. As we continue on on this second week of Advent, on this first Sunday of December, we continue to look towards our God for confidence and in peace. And as we look towards him, uh, we are encouraged to know that we find peace uh, because of our right relationship with him. Uh, all because of what God has done for us, um, we have peace. But yet, in order for us to have peace, uh, we need to prepare for peace. Tell your neighbor, you got to prepare. And so we got to prepare. It means that we got to make way. We got to make room. We may have to clear some obstacles. We may have to remove some things, throw some things out that we've been holding on that have been adversity and adversity to us and, and our objectives. And so we want to make sure uh, that we stay focused and remove anything that will distract us from focusing on Christ our Lord and Savior. Uh, God wants us to be with him. And to be with him, he sent Christ so that we might be with him. Think about that for a moment. That God wants us to spend our eternal lives with him. That he prepared a way for us through Jesus Christ. God prepared us for his presence in times, and the text tells us, of sending his prophets. God knew we needed direction, we needed instructions, and we needed models of how to follow after him. And so God sent prophets to make the way for not only the Son of God, but also for the people of God to understand what it means to follow after God. Think about it. God sent his servants all the way till he sent Jesus wrapped in flesh to be born of the Virgin Mary to die on the cross for our sins. But yet God also understood that he had to slowly and methodically give us this message. He didn't just give it to us full throttle. He understood that he had to piecemeal it to us. And basically, the same thing if you've been in the dark for a long time and you don't want to just open up your eyes right away to the light. Uh, it'll be blinding to you, it'll be hurting to you. And so God had to peel back layers and help us to fully see his glory and see his power. God knows exactly how to move in our lives. He knows how to deal with our issues, the obstacles and the hurdles that are before us, that some of us have been allowed to entangle us and cause us to stumble and fall. And I want to encourage us today uh, that no matter what you're going through, I want to encourage you that God can lead you and bring you through. And so I want you to think for a moment and do a little time of self-questioning and inventory in your life. Are you going in the right direction? Are you happy with what you're dealing with in your life right now? Are you following the right instructions and the right directions? 
If, and if you have some questions about that, I would encourage you right now to stop and listen for the Lord's voice. You might have got off track that you were not following the right instructions. You heard instructions, but they weren't the right instructions. You heard a voice, but it wasn't the right voice. Stop and listen for the Lord's voice. Secondly, I want to encourage us to make room for him to enter into your heart, your life, everything that you do. And then lastly, all you have to do now is just sit back and see the deliverance of the Lord. Luke's gospel sets the setting, basically of temporary Old Testament times, of prophets that come and tell you what thus saith the Lord. Uh, we're going to look in the ministry of John, uh, the, the forerunner of Christ, and, his, and the introduction of his public ministry. Uh, the gospel according to Luke, uh, third chapter, verses 1 through 6, I'm reading uh, from the New Living Translation. The word of God says, it was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was a governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was a ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was a ruler over Aturia and Trachantus and Lysnasia was a ruler over Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. I'm going to stick a pen there right there. just want to point out, notice that they gave you the setting. I want to highlight this, that this is showing you the historical proof that John lived during this time. Time of this Roman emperor, the second emperor, the sacred Caesar. So they gave you the name. You can go back and you can check the data. You can check the catalog and see the time frame, the time stamp of when this is happening. And then it tells you not only the national rule, but the local authority, the high priest that is serving in the temple at this time, the prefects and the leaders that are there. So it's giving you a reference point to say, when did all this happen? If you go do research and check the historical books, you will see that this is the time frame that this has happened, that this is not a lie, this cannot be mistaken, this is not misconstrued, but this is authentic historical facts of talking about the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 3 says, Then John went from the place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken to John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from the God. Again, I encourage us to listen as we walk through this text. That one, we want to listen for the Lord's voice. Two, we want to make room. To, for God to enter into our heart, enter into our lives. And then three, lastly, you want to sit back and see the deliverance of the Lord. Walk with me through this text. First, we want to stop and listen to the voice of the Lord. Notice the introduction of third chapter points out that God spoke at this time. And notice that he chose John, who's out in the wilderness. But yet John said he went from place to place on the other side of the Jordan River to baptize people to show that they have been Forgiven because they have repented. See, God is speaking in our lives through different people, through different ways. Uh, notice that John is in the wilderness. 
He's not in a glamorous place. He's not in a place that's decked out with velvet and comfortable for people to come out. No, he's in a place that they don't want to be in. The wilderness is not the place they go vacation. The wilderness is the place that you don't want to stay out and live. But yet he's out there. And the text tells us that he wasn't clothed nicely. He just dressed in animals' uh, fur and had a leather belt. He wasn't dressed in the trivial garment that they were wearing. But you could see that he was different. But yet he had a message from God, and he speaks this message of profound power and prophecy. And notice how they point out him as a prophet, how God came to him at this time. Uh, Old Testament texts remind us of how a prophet was in a time of exile with the people, and at this time God came, and who was the king, and where they were. And here we see this in Luke, the third chapter. The Lord has not ceased to speak for his people. Hebrews 1 and uh, chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 kind of reminds us long ago, uh, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. God has given us this great message for us to know him and the power of his salvation. But we got to make way. We got to want to listen to this voice and listen to this gospel message. You know, this message is out there, this power out there, but yet if you don't take it, you're never going to receive it. God has given us this message through this minister. Now, here's the thing, that God has put people in your lives that are speaking power and truth to you, but when you don't want to hear it, you walk away. You don't talk to them. You don't call them. You don't go to the place. A lot of people, too, don't want to go to church because they want to hear how they live because they know they're not living right. So they don't want somebody to tell them what they already know. But here it is that John, understanding that I know that you know you're not where you want to be, but I'm going to help you by proclaiming this truth, telling you some things you don't want to hear, but helping and hoping that it will help you out and that you will turn around and set your feet on solid ground. That when you understand that if I can repent, that I can change, that I can renegotiate my life and get back to where I need to be because I heard the voice from God. And so we're seeing here that John had a specific calling as a prophet to proclaim and tell them and prepare them uh, that Christ is coming. The one you've been looking for is coming. But yet you got to make room. Anybody ever have people come over for your house and don't you make room for them, right? You make room for them to sit. If they're going to stay overnight, you make room for them to lodge. You make room. Uh, you make room when you get a big new TV. We make room for a lot of things, but yet are we making room for God? Are we making time to hear his voice? Spending time in some reading, spending some time in prayer and meditation, spending some time studying the word of God with brothers and sisters in Christ through Bible study, through small groups, through Sunday school. We need to understand that God is speaking, but are we listening? John is the voice in the wilderness preparing the way. Look at the text. It says he is the voice in the wilderness. The wilderness represents a place of trial, a place of uh, testing, a place of preparation. And here it is, that some of us might be in the wilderness. Y'all don't hear me? You might be going through a time of trial, a time of testing, and maybe a time, a time of preparation. But yet you've got to be open to hear his voice. 
Because I guarantee if you hear his voice, he that brought you, who he can lead you out of the wilderness. We understand Jesus began his ministry after he came out of the wilderness. But the Bible tells us the spirit took him into the wilderness. Speaking about getting taken into the wilderness, that's how the children of Israel got into the promised land. God took them out of Egypt and took them into the wilderness to bring them into the promised land. But I want to encourage you to understand that no matter how you got into the wilderness, know that God can bring you out. John, the relative of Jesus, is out in the wilderness. John, the son of a priest, has a rightful heir to the priesthood, but yet he's a prophet in the wilderness. Zechariah was visited by the angel Gabriel and told him of his son and told him to be named by John and John would be filled with the Holy Spirit for this purpose of doing great work. Luke 1, 15 says, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. What I like about it says even before his birth because confirmation came to Mary about how she was pregnant. And, she said, and he says, you don't believe me, go check with your relative. And they, they walk into the room, and it says that her belly jumped because of the Holy Spirit of, of John was in there and recognizing this king has walked in the womb of Mary. Y'all don't hear me. You understand that when God is just pouring out power, when you hear his voice, things are moving that's beyond your understanding and the preparations being done for you to get done what God wants you to get done. And you'll find out that if you could just sit back and let God be God, what happened when he walks into the room, things change. God has spoken life into a dead womb through John. Now John is speaking life to dead people. God has spoken life into your life, but are you listening? Are you listening to the call to repent? Why we need to hear this voice? Because the voice tells us why we need to repent. We don't tell ourselves we need to repent. I, I've, I've, I've yet to meet somebody that tells themselves it's okay for me to say I'm sorry when I hurt somebody. Oftentimes, you need somebody to come and tell you, and you're like, okay, I'll go apologize. How many times do you see people sorry, and you know you're only sorry because you got caught? And yet here it is, we need people to remind us, because uh, we have blinders on, because we always think what we do is right. That's why we do it. We want to do what we want to do. But the Bible reminds us that the heart is deceitful. Mm. That we will fool ourselves and lie to ourselves and think what we're doing is right, but yet something inside of us helps us to let us and lets us know that something's not right. Something keeps gnawing us, something keeps hurting us, and the only thing that can heal it is Jesus. And so when we hear that, we realize that, oh, maybe I need a challenge. Maybe I need to repent. Maybe I need to confess and let God have his way in my life. There's something that needs to change in here. And I realize I've been doing the same thing for so long and I'm not happy with the results. But so do I need to make a change? Yes. If you're going the wrong way, there's only one way to stop going the wrong way. You can't keep going the wrong way. This thing is going to change. It's still going to be the wrong way. And you're just going to be further along from your road of recovery. And that's why we got to stop and listen to the voice. John is calling from the wilderness. And what he's calling this is that he's basically telling us to make room. What it means to make room is that 
you need to prepare for forgiveness. What it means to prepare for forgiveness is that God has already forgiven you, but have you prepared to receive it? Sometimes we don't want to be forgiven because we want to judge ourselves. I'm not good enough. Nobody will love me. I've done too much already. I'm not worthy. And maybe all those things may be true, but it's not greater than God's love and his forgiveness. Yes, you can be mad at yourself. Yes, you can be upset with yourself. Yes, you can say you're not worthy, but God says you're worthy. Y'all don't hear me? See, your worth is not based on what you say, but based on who gives you the worth. And so think about it. You know how things work based on validity on who says what. Your dollar in the United States of American currency is worth one dollar here, but go somewhere else. And try to buy something with that dollar. That lets you know that it's not good here. Regardless of the validity that happens in U.S. currency, if they're not going to accept it there, you are out of luck. And then you're going to have to convert that to whatever it is in the denomination. It may be more, it may be less. Or it may be the same value, but they're not going to take that dollar currency. And so you have to make up your mind about what you're going to do. Here's the thing that this is about God is pointing out to you, that God says, I've already validated you universally that I have forgiven you. I sent Christ to die on the cross for your sins. Will you prepare a way for me to come? You need to make room. He has already forgiven you. He's already paid the debt. We, we are reading about Gospel of John, and I'm sorry, Luke, uh, Gospel talking about John, how he's preparing the way for the people to receive Christ. But we already know the story. That he was born of the Virgin Mary, died on the cross for our sins. And now, will we say, Lord, I will invite you into my heart. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Look how the text tells us about John's ministry and the graphic explanation. John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. See, God's amazing love is available, but yet we must truly show we are repentant by our actions. Repentance is an action thing. You don't just tell somebody, I've been forgiven, but they can't see the evidence. See, this great message of repentance is of our heart being changed by this gospel. John wants people to get ready to receive the coming Lord and, and see these stony hearts become hearts of flesh. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. We need to get ready to receive the power of the Lord in our lives. John is preaching for hearts to be changed. In order for our hearts to be changed, we've got to be open to say, Lord, I have some issues in my heart. We need to stop and listen to the voice that's going to address us and maybe rebuke us and chastise us and correct us and change us. And for us to acknowledge that, Lord, I am guilty. Forgive me, for I am a sinner. This message, this gospel message tells us and, re and it reveals our sins. And yet John is preparing the way. This is very specific because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Matter of fact, 
when in Acts they talk about before we were called Christians, they said they were the followers of the way. They followed the way. They, they were following a different path, a different way. So when we're following the path that God has given us, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No way gets to the Father but through me. He has paid a path for to have us a direct relationship with God, the Father. So what's the issues in our hearts? What do we need to prepare? What do we need to remove? That's when we do that self inventory what are the things that we love more than we love God? What are some things that we spend more time with than we do with God? Think of the things that have distracted us, that have hindered us, that we are holding on to that we just can't let go of. We need to change our lives by listening to this gospel. We have a changed life of being a changed lifestyle. A life of repentance is a life of total submission to God's will. And so be thy will be done, not my will be done. We are operating now under God's grace and understanding that we don't always get it right. But by his grace, hallelujah, by his mercy, we're able to keep on keeping on. And so we look in at this text about Isaiah uh, being quoted by Luke. He says, Isaiah spoken of John when he said he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. Uh, Notice the the voice that says, he he is a voice shouting and it will stop and listen to the voice. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Here's the thing. We need to do our part of preparation. God has already done his part. Look what the text says. Basically, it's pointing out how we make roads. Right. If you want to get through a rough terrain, the mountains are before you got to level the mountains. And you want to not go down the valleys, you fill the valleys up so you can walk across them. And so notice what it says here in the text. It says, clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled. The mountains and the hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. We've seen the, the mountains and, that we drive through and realize that they used to be a mountain here, but it's a mountain that has been leveled, so a road is going through. You've gone through tunnels that are going through mountains because they made a way, they made a path. You've seen trains going through mountains, ridges, because they cleared the way and made the way. You've seen valleys being built up so that you can walk across. God knows how to make a way for you to clearly receive his blessings. The question again is that are we stopped to listen to his voice? Because once we stop and listen to his voice and we follow the instructions to start rearranging and removing and restoring the issues in our hearts, allow God to start doing what he needs to do, we will see our salvation. He has sent Jesus to show us the way. John has prepared the way with his message, and we can see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, there's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight a highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and here. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. And that's Isaiah 40. Three through five. The text tells us that God is clearing the path to deliver his people. 
God is not only making the way, he is the way. And his path will be free of troubles and hazards. We know this in the prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is able to keep us and direct us. We know it from Proverbs. Me not into your own understanding, but not always acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. New Living Translation Trans- says he'll make a crooked path straight. The psalm says that he'll make our heels like the hind heels of a deer, that we can climb up the mountain, that he's going to make sure that nothing can stop you and hinder you from getting to where you need to be. God is in the redeeming day that builds us, salvation business. He wants us to have peace and a right relationship with him. And then we will see the salvation of the Lord. You'll see God moving in your life where you can just sit back and let God be God. The psalm says, be still and know that I am God. When you can relax, let go, and let God have his way. Turn to the Lord now and know peace and know the God of salvation. Knowing that you are running this race, but don't get distracted and hindered, but keep on running. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, encourages, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip of every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so I want to encourage us that we keep on running this race. But yet there's some things in our lives we got to let go. And you're familiar with it. Think about it. You can hold a glass of water. You can hold a five-pound weight and say this is nothing. But if you got to hold it all day, it becomes something. The weight did not change. But all of a sudden, it became more heavy than you can bear. One thing you can do to release that burden is to put it down. What are you holding on to that's causing you so much pain and burden when you can just put it down? Prepare the way. Let him into your heart. He already knows everything about you. Don't think you can hide something from him. But just go ahead and say, Lord, have thine own way. And submit to him and let him change what needs to be changed. And move what needs to be moved. Let him have space in your house. And don't give him the guest space. Give him the main space. And find out that he will be your provider. He will be your protector. And he will provide you the peace. The chances are understanding. So keep your eyes set on him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus. And Lord, we will prepare our hearts for you to have that our way here in this place. Forgive us, O God, for holding on to things that we should have let go a long time ago. Forgive us, O God, for allowing the burdens and Entanglements of life to easily entangle us and cause us to stumble and fall and sin. And Lord, we are so grateful for your grace and your mercy 
that you forgive us. And so, Lord, we repent, we turn back to you. We confess our sins, knowing the Lord and unknown. Continue to reveal into our hearts those that have dominion over us, that we will bring them under subjection unto your will, so that we will walk by faith and not by sight. And Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus Christ as a Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And Lord, that we are grateful that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Move in their hearts, move in their lives as you are moving in us to continue to bless us to grow in fellowship, in the studying of your word, the preaching of your word, the teaching of your word, through prayer and fellowship and worship and communion. And so, Father, we ask to bless us, keep us, encourage us. Until we meet again, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. Thank you for worshiping with us on this first Sunday. And so those who are there um, with us, able to celebrate communion as we get ready to prepare, as we get ready to uh, break bread together. Uh, those who are doing it online, amen, uh, go ahead and take your time and maybe get something to help to celebrate and break bread uh, with us on this first Sunday. Thank you.